0: Section 1 The Corporate Citizen The Purpose of a Corporation. We need to build and maintain a healthy and vibrant company over the long run to be able to deal with the uncertainties of life, to invest, to innovate, and to grow. To be healthy and vibrant, a company must do many things well. It must do a great job for customers, attract, develop, and retain talented employees, and serve its communities. It is vital that we do all of these things as the failure to perform any one of them with excellence could lead to the failure of all. Over the years, we have extensively described the efforts we make to take care of our customers and our employees. The purpose of this section is to describe our corporate responsibility efforts in more detail and explain their importance. To be healthy and vibrant, and to create long-term shareholder value, a company must be financially successful over the long run. The problem with the American public's impression of shareholder value is that too many people interpret it to mean short-term, rapacious profit-taking, which ironically is the last thing that leads to building real, long-term shareholder value. When they hear the word fiduciary, they think we're standing behind our lawyers. Obviously, companies have fiduciary responsibilities. However, legal and fiduciary language does not represent how most CEOs and boards actually run their companies. We should not be buttonholed by the debate about whether there are fiduciary reasons to think of shareholder value narrowly, and to the exclusion of those who work at the company, our clients, and communities. When most CEOs and board members wake up each morning, they worry about all of the things they need to do right to build a successful company. A company is like a team. We must do many things well to succeed, and ultimately, that leads to creating shareholder value. 1. Businesses must earn the trust of their customers and communities by acting ethically and morally. To a good company, its reputation is everything. That reputation is earned day in and day out with every interaction with customers and communities. This is not to say that companies and people do not make mistakes. Of course they do. Often, a reputation is earned by how you deal with those mistakes. While all businesses are different, there are some fundamentals. Good products, fair and transparent pricing, thoughtful and responsive service, and continuous innovation. Great companies constantly set high standards, acknowledge their mistakes, and properly discipline or dismiss bad actors. Great companies are strict about having fair dealings with their customers. I have always loved that Home Depot's company policy is not to raise lumber prices in the immediate aftermath of a hurricane, regardless of whether it can. I want to remind listeners that banks essentially did not raise the price of credit when they renewed loans during the financial crisis. Pricing to customers should be what's fair, not what a company can get away with. Banks, in particular, have to be rigorous about standards. Unlike many companies that will simply sell you a product if you can pay for it, banks must necessarily turn customers down or enforce rules that a customer may not like, for example, covenants. This makes open and transparent dealings even more important. When I hear examples of people doing something that is wrong because they could be paid more, it makes my blood boil. And I don't want them working here. And I can't believe it when I hear about a company or a hedge fund causing loans and a company to default so they can trigger credit default swap hedges. It's completely unethical. We must always strive, particularly in tough times, to earn the trust of our customers and communities. 2. Being a responsible community citizen locally is critical, and it is easy to understand why. If you live in a small town and run a corner bakery, it's very easy to understand the value of being a responsible community citizen. Most businesses on Main Street keep the sidewalk in front of their store clean so people don't slip and fall. They often participate in the community by supporting local sports teams or religious institutions. A bakery or a restaurant will often donate surplus food at the end of the day to a local homeless shelter. Most businesses understand that everyone doing their part to make the community a better place is both the moral thing to do and a driver of better commercial outcomes for the town. When J.P. Morgan Chase enters a community, we take great pride in being a responsible citizen at the local level, just like the local bakery. We lend to and support local businesses, We help customers with banking, lending, and saving. And our local corporate responsibility efforts and philanthropic programs, which are described in this section, help make these communities stronger. And three, being a responsible community citizen nationally or globally is more critical and more complex. Most people consider corporate responsibility to be merely enhanced philanthropy. This is understandable but it is far harder to understand what being a responsible community citizen means in terms of macro-corporate responsibility. While we are devoted to philanthropy, we spend $330 million a year on these efforts. Corporate responsibility is far more than that. J.P. Morgan Chase takes an active role in large-scale public policy issues. We are fully engaged in trying to solve some of the world's biggest issues. Climate change, poverty, economic development, and racial inequality and I'll describe the extensive efforts we are making shortly. With well-designed policies, we think these problems can all be solved. In the last section of this letter, I detail certain policy issues which, if forcefully and effectively addressed, would be great for America and the world at large. We engage at this level because companies like ours have an extraordinary capability to help. We help not just with funding, but with developing strong public policy which can have a greater impact on society than the collective effort of companies that are responsible community citizens locally. This year, for example, our Policy Center published research based on the actual experiences of our customers and communities, showing how new policies could drive a more inclusive economic recovery and help small businesses. J.P. Morgan Chase has always recognized that long-term business success depends on community success, and that is one of the reasons for our enduring achievement. When everyone has a fair shot at participating and sharing in the rewards of growth, the economy will be stronger and our society will be better. We also believe that businesses' extraordinary capabilities are even more powerful when put to use in collaboration with governments' capabilities, particularly when seeking to solve our biggest economic and societal ills at the local level. As Washington, D.C. and central governments around the world struggle with partisan gridlock, And an inability to get big things done. Local communities are coming up with some of the best ideas to make civic society work for more people. Mayors, governors, educators, major employers, entrepreneurs, community leaders, and nonprofits are making serious progress developing innovative approaches that address our greatest challenges. But their work often flies under the radar. We must elevate these thoughtful ideas and find ways to share them with others facing similar situations enabling more communities to benefit from proven, localized solutions. After businesses have had success with some of these efforts locally, they can be adopted across the country and, in fact, around the world. Our effort is substantial and permanent and has support throughout the company. Importantly, these civic efforts are supported by senior leadership and are managed by some of our best people. These initiatives are not an afterthought and are sustainable. For our part, we are making significant, long-term, data-driven business and philanthropic investments. And while we try to be creative, we analyze everything, including philanthropy, based on measurable results. In executing our corporate purpose, we go to great lengths to be there for our clients, customers, employees, and communities. Moreover, this unwavering commitment has been a hallmark of our company since its founding. During this time of corporate self-reflection, it's important to understand and reaffirm the magnitude of our contributions. As ever, in 2020, we were heavily focused on helping clients and customers. We extended credit and raised capital totaling $2.3 trillion for consumers and clients of all sizes around the world, including some of the industries and communities most affected by the pandemic's economic fallout. This includes critical financing for companies such as Boeing, and its 145,000 employees. JP Morgan helped them raise $25 billion to help fund their ongoing operations as the pandemic led to less air travel. We provided consumers with $226 billion in credit to help them afford some of their most important purchases, including new homes and vehicles. This included more than $32 billion to help customers in underserved communities purchase a new home. We raised $1.1 trillion in capital for corporations and non U.S. government entities and offered $865 billion in credit for corporations. For example, we helped Meals on Wheels build a new 36,000 square foot commercial kitchen and food production facility to help maintain good nutritional health of older adults with limited financial resources. We raised $103 billion in credit and capital for nonprofit and U.S. government entities including states, cities, hospitals, and universities. This included funding for New York Presbyterian Health System, which saw a significant increase in patients as a result of COVID-19. To help them acquire vital medical supplies and equipment and to bring on additional staff, we committed more than $45 billion in lending and investments to support community development, affordable housing, and small business growth in underserved communities across the United States. This included Eden Housing, a nonprofit that provides low-income residents with safe, modern, and affordable housing in California's Bay Area. We provided more than $18 billion in credit to small businesses around the country, as well as more than $32 billion in funding, $28 billion excluding Small Business Administration Safe Harbor refunds under their Paycheck Protection Program. For example, we helped Kids Club Child Development Centers, Which offer preschool, daycare, and after school programming, revamped their centers, who enable care for essential workers' children. We provided critical development financing and attracted additional investment, such as funding through our new Development Finance Institution to support sustainable development. In 2020, the Development Finance Institution mobilized $140 billion toward these goals, helping, for example, with Uzbekistan's first local currency issuance in international markets to finance the country's health, education, and transport sectors, and with the Republic of Georgia's debut Green Bond to support that country's access to water, power, and sanitation. We raised $12 billion in capital and credit to help finance infrastructure projects across the United States. This included $1.3 billion in credit assistance to New York City's Metropolitan Transportation Authority to help deal with the serious impacts of COVID-19 on the city's transportation system and 800 million dollars in capital from Michigan's Department of Transportation to help rebuild the state's roads and bridges. We designed branches, products, services and digital solutions to help clients and customers better manage their financial daily lives, with particular focus on underserved communities and families. Examples include low-cost, low-fee accounts such as Chase Secure Banking and financial tools such as Chase Credit Journey and Chase AutoSave. In 2020, We continue to open new branches and new markets across the United States, with 30% opening in low to moderate income communities by the year 2023. We're helping communities. We have supported and continue to support a range of community initiatives, from assisting underserved small businesses outside of Paris to facilitating skills training for high growth jobs in India to helping residents of Harlem increase savings and reduce debt. In 2020, we provided more than $500 million in low cost loans, equity, and philanthropic grants to address immediate needs brought on by the COVID 19 crisis, drive an inclusive recovery, and advance racial equity. These efforts will help 1.3 million individuals receive financial coaching, enable 172,000 people to enroll in jobs and skills training programs, assist 64,000 underserved small businesses, and create or preserve 43,000 affordable housing units. We have committed employee time and talent to tackling community's greatest challenges. In 2020, employees participated in nearly 50 service corps programs to help local nonprofits, mentored hundreds of black and Latinx young men as part of the fellowship initiative, and supported local organizations focused on racial equity we are dedicated to addressing climate change and sustainability around the world. In 2020, the firm committed to finance and facilitate $200 billion to drive action on climate change and advance sustainable development, including renewable energy, cleaner water, and waste management, improve access to housing, education, and healthcare, and promote infrastructure, innovation, and growth around the globe. We're supporting employees, we have taken extensive steps to support our employees who are our greatest strength. We offer 300 accredited skills and education programs and have helped 15,000 employees to date assess their skills, which may lead to opportunities for career mobility at the firm. And we have been increasing wages for thousands of employees, including branch and customer service employees to between 16 dollars and $20 an hour, depending on where they work in the United States while providing an annual benefits package worth about $13,000. As part of our strategy to diversify our talent pipeline, we have implemented a range of changes to expand opportunities for individuals with a criminal background. In 2020, we hired approximately 2,100 people with a criminal background, roughly 10% of our new hires in the United States. And through the J.P. Morgan Chase Policy Center, We are advancing federal and state policies that help qualified workers with an arrest or conviction record compete for employment in federal agencies and with federal contractors. We are reforming federal deposit insurance corporation hiring rules and setting up automatic record clearing for eligible offenses to help individuals move on from their record. We also supported a measure signed into federal law in 2020, restoring access to Pell Grants for incarcerated individuals which allows them to pursue post-secondary education in prison and increase employment opportunities after their release. Our $30 billion Path Forward Commitment. Morgan Chase introduced the Path Forward in October 2020, committing $30 billion over the next five years to address the key drivers of the racial wealth divide, reduce systemic racism against Black and Latinx people, and support employees. The firm has made tangible progress to date. We are promoting and expanding affordable housing and home ownership for underserved communities. We're helping Black and Latinx families buy homes and refinance loans. Our home lending business has committed to helping an additional 40,000 Black and Latinx families buy a home over the next five years, with the firm dedicating $8 billion in mortgages for this purpose. The firm is committing up to $4 billion in refinancing loans to help an additional 20,000 Black and Latinx households achieve lower mortgage payments. In addition, the firm is working to improve key home lending products and offerings. A $5,000 grant, for example, will help cover closing costs and down payments for people buying a home in 6,700 minority communities in the United States. We're expanding affordable housing in underserved communities. The firm's inaugural $1 billion social bond builds on its strategy to use its business expertise to create opportunity for underserved communities. The bond's co managers solely comprise minority and women owned businesses, as well as service disabled veteran owned firms. We're helping grow Black and Latinx owned businesses. We are helping small businesses thrive. A $350 million five year global commitment underscores our dedication to grow Black, Latinx, and women-owned businesses, among other underserved small businesses, help address the racial wealth divide, and create a more inclusive recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. This ambitious endeavor combines low-cost loans, equity investments, and philanthropy, and will help reduce barriers to capital for underserved small businesses to support their immediate needs and long-term growth. As part of this commitment, The firm is investing $42.5 million in low-cost loans and philanthropy to expand the Entrepreneurs of Color Fund to more cities in the United States in collaboration with Local Initiative Support Corporation and a network of community development financial institutions. We are investing in middle market businesses. The firm is co-investing up to $200 million alongside Ariel Alternatives and Project Black an initiative that aims to close the racial wealth gap by investing in middle market businesses that are minority-owned or will become minority-owned to develop a new class of Black and Latinx entrepreneurs. We're expanding our business with Black and Latinx suppliers. The firm's internal Buy Black and Latinx portal, led by Advancing Black Pathways, encourages our lines of business to purchase goods and services from diverse businesses. This year-long campaign is designed to support the firm's commitment to spend $750 million with Black and Latinx-owned suppliers over the next five years. We are helping improve financial health and access to banking in Black and Latinx communities. We're helping 1 million people open low-cost checking or savings accounts. Chase will open 16 new community branches in traditionally underserved neighborhoods and hire 150 community managers by 2022. Branches in Chicago, Dallas, Minneapolis, and Harlem, New York, have already been redesigned under this new model. This model has expanded outreach to local small businesses and to consumers with financial education and serves as a hub for overall community engagement. Another 100 new branches are being opened in low- to moderate-income communities across the United States as part of the firm's market expansion initiative. We want to build trust in the communities we serve, and become our customer's primary bank. We offer secure banking, a low-cost, no overdraft checking account for those new to banking, those who have had trouble getting or keeping a bank account, and for Black and Latinx unbanked and underbanked households, thereby expanding access to traditional banking. We are strengthening diverse-led financial institutions. To promote financial institutions in underserved neighborhoods, we are providing additional access to capital connections to institutional investors through new products and services, specialty support for Black-led commercial projects, and mentorship and training opportunities. In October 2020, the firm committed to investing $50 million in Black and Latinx-led minority depository institutions and community development financial institutions. With $40 million of that investment already committed or deployed to Louisiana-based Liberty Bank, North Carolina-based and Bank, New York-based Carver Federal Savings Bank, and Los Angeles-based Broadway Federal Bank, the total investment has been increased to $75 million, which could generate access to as much as $750 million in community lending. In addition, the firm's new Empower Money Market Share class will allow these institutions to develop new revenue streams by serving institutional clients. Our sustainability efforts are comprehensive climate change is a critical issue of our time. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions, the main cause of climate change, requires collective ambition and cooperation across the public and private sectors. Coal, oil, and natural gas, the primary sources of greenhouse gas emissions, have powered the world's energy economy for many decades, advancing significant economic growth and social development for billions around the world but our reliance on these resources now threatens the very growth they've enabled. The challenge we face is significant. While continuing to generate power for all of our needs, big and small, lighting and heating our homes, commuting to work, and charging our phones and computers, as well as operating manufacturing facilities that produce goods used around the world each day, we also need to bring energy to the nearly 800 million people who still don't have reliable access to electricity. And we need to find a way to do all of these things while setting a path for achieving net-zero emissions by the year 2050. The fact is, we're long past debating whether climate change is real. But we need to acknowledge that the solution is not as simple as walking away from fossil fuels. We will need resources such as oil and natural gas until commercial, affordable, and low-carbon alternatives can be developed to meet all of our global energy needs. This is where business and government leaders need to focus their time and attention. While wind and solar technologies have made huge strides, they're principally deployed for electricity generation. We don't have clean alternatives for industrial and manufacturing energy needs, for example. Nor do we yet have solutions for heavy transportation, such as trucking and air travel. What's more, the projected growth of technologies like electric vehicles is going to place huge pressures on the need for rare earth minerals which also presents geopolitical and environmental challenges. Policymakers have taken some important steps. The Paris Agreement is one such success, but we must put a price on carbon. A carbon tax, with a commensurate carbon dividend directly returned to the people, is an excellent way to dramatically reduce carbon while investing in communities most adversely affected by this much-needed transition. Without a benchmark like this, businesses and economies won't be able to properly factor the cost of carbon and the benefit of alternatives into their long-term strategic planning and capital investment decisions. Companies are figuring out how to manage amid these challenges. And many are also dealing with a growing chorus of pressure from customers, regulators, shareholders, and activists with strong perspectives on how corporations and other institutions should address climate change. When we cut through all the noise, here's what we know to be true. Traditional energy sources play an essential role in our global economy today. We can agree on the need to make our energy system much less carbon-intensive, but abandoning companies that produce and consume these fuels is not a solution. Furthermore, it's economically counterproductive. Instead, we must work with them. There's huge opportunity in sustainable and low-carbon technologies and businesses. While many of these technologies and companies are mature, many more are just getting started and more will need to be created in the coming decades. In addition, all companies will need capital and advice to help them innovate, evolve, and become more efficient while staying competitive in a changing world. This is why we made a commitment in 2020 to align our financing activities in three carbon-intensive sectors, oil and gas, electric power, and automotive manufacturing with the Paris Agreement. To do so, we will measure our clients' carbon performance against sector-based greenhouse gas reduction targets that we're setting for the year 2030, with the goal of helping them reduce emissions from their direct operations, and in the case of oil and gas and automotive companies, reduce greenhouse gases from the use of their products. The key metric we plan to use for evaluating climate performance is carbon intensity, which is a measure of greenhouse gas emissions per unit of output. Using intensity will enable us to evaluate the relative efficiency of companies and to adjust for factors such as size, clearly showing which are performing the best or getting better. We also want to take advantage of the huge opportunity to support existing and new green companies and to help others lower their carbon footprint, all while advancing economic development and standards of living for people around the world. This includes helping our clients invest in significant and continuous performance improvements new technologies, alternative energy solutions, and research and development. Through our recently launched Center for Carbon Transition, clients will have access to information resources, as well as advisory and financing solutions that will help them evolve in a changing world. We're also working to make our own company as sustainable as possible. We've committed to becoming carbon neutral for the emissions generated to power our buildings, branches, and data centers, as well as those related to employee travel. A big focus of our strategy is to generate our own power using solar. Currently, we have plans to install 40 megawatts of solar capacity across our corporate office buildings in the United States and the United Kingdom. This includes a 14.8 megawatt rooftop and carport solar installation at our corporate campus in Columbus, Ohio, which will produce about 75% of its power needs. We're also installing 30 megawatts of solar capacity at 900 retail branch locations across the United States, which will provide approximately 35% of each branch's power needs. We have an opportunity to make the world a better place for ourselves, for our children and grandchildren, and for all living things that share this planet with us.